This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. And it's never too early to start talking 2020 presidential race. And today we have a declared candidate, Richard Ojeda. I know what you're saying. Who the hell is Richard Ojeda? He's a state senator from West Virginia. He voted for Trump and he's running as a Democrat. But that's not the only thing you should know about Richard Ojeda. He is probably more progressive than most of the other folks who are talking about running for president this year. But he comes at it from a different way, from the perspective of someone in a state that Trump won by, what, 49 points? And if he gets on the debate stage, watch out. He is going to be a combination of Ross Perot and Trump. Next, talk in 2020 with Richard Ojeda on It's All Political. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Senator Richard Ojeda, welcome to It's All Political, and welcome to Oakland. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So you're a retired Army major, paratrooper, Bronze Star recipient, right? Two Bronze Star recipients. You did three tours in Iraq, one in Afghanistan, and... Um, well, well, three Operation Iraqi Freedom, one Operation Enduring Freedom Afghanistan. Okay. And you've been a state senator for one term. You're in your first term. Right yes. Now. Um, so you ran for Congress and lost. Now you're running for president. So, I mean, the question is, I mean, why are you running for president? You couldn't win Congress in your own district. That it seems like you know, it seems well, like an insane leap. What, what makes you want to do this? Well, you know, first off, I was in the reddest district in the United States of America, and what I did in that race was more than any other Democrat uh, did during the entire midterm elections. I was able to turn. 36.5 points back to the Democratic side. Trump won your district, but with 49, 49 points. points over yes. Hillary Clinton. Yes. So I was able to do far more than anybody else in America. Just to give you an, a, an understanding, Beto O'Rourke did five points. I did 36.5 points. He turned, he turned five he, points. He turned around, five points. Around but once again, you know, this is about being able to, to relate with people in middle America, the Rust Belt, Appalachia. But, you know, over the course of the 19 months where we ran for Congress, we received countless emails, letters uh, that talked about the issues in those states. And, you know, I realized the same issues that we had in West Virginia are the same issues that we have in Flint, Michigan, the Bronx, New York, south side of Chicago, the Rio Grande Valley, and even places in Silicon Valley. Yeah. These are issues that need to be addressed. So basically, we just decided, you know what? We're going to get in this fight. 
So you have some uh, really interesting takes on and issues, and, and, and you come at them from a, a Western, a West Virginia point of view. I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I'm, I'm familiar. We're right over we're in the, the other tri-state area. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I hear you on a lot of this stuff, um, but you're, you have they're very progressive points of view, but you come at it from a different way. So let's. And the first one you got here tonight, you were just at a house party in Oakland, uh, the, the most liberal area in the country, Barbara Lee's district. You know, very liberal. And one of the first questions you had was, okay, what about climate change? That is something I, that this person said that, that was my number one issue. You come from coal country and you support coal, but you, but you had a little twist on it. I right. support the coal miner. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that we need to get away from fossil fuels. Uh-huh. Uh, I support the Green New Deal. I'm saying let's bring those jobs from the Green New Deal to West Virginia now so we can transition these coal miners into something else so that, you know, we, we, we know global warming exists. You know, we also know that there's a point where if we allow ourselves to get to that point, there will be no point of return. So global warming is a serious issue. Climate change is real. We need to get on board and, 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 and start, you know, getting things, you know, straight. And also uh, abortion. You've identified your most of your life as pro-life, but recently you came out and you definitively said, I am 1,000% behind a woman's right to choose. Tell me a little bit about where you're coming from that. Well, you know, I always say sort of a class and class argument about. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've always said I'm pro-life, but that's because I want to see a reduction in abortion. But I want to see a reduction in abortion by supporting things like Planned Parenthood. I'd quadruple their funding. You know, they provide contraceptives. They give classes. You know, they convince people that they can have a child. You know, that's you know that that's what I'm talking about. You know, when when uh, uh, you know the the rich have always had access, always. It's the poor that suffer. Right. Yeah, to, to, to abortion. abortion. Yeah. It's the poor who suffer. You know, and I and I think that you know, uh, I, I'm going to stand with a woman's ability to make that choice for her body. It's her body. And I heard you say that West Virginia is a colony. It's always been treated like a colony. Yeah. And and, and it kind of sums up your your version of populism. Tell me, explain what that means when you say West Virginia is like a colony. West Virginia is a colony. It's not really a state. You know, big energy has come to my state and has extracted our timber, our coal, now our natural gas, and the people in West Virginia are none the better. You know, they work our people, they work their fingers to the bone, and they leave them with very little. And now what we see is they've attacked, uh, you know, our, our retired coal miners, their pension will go away here in about two years. You know, I mean, this is these, this was a promise that was given to them. It's going to go away. You have said that uh, big pharma is the enemy. Yes. Explain why that's the enemy. Of course, the opioid crisis is hit very few places harder than it has West we, Virginia and yes. Eastern Ohio. We have lost more people last year than all the lives lost during the Vietnam War, and we've done it this year too. So who's the enemy? You know, Big Pharma comes in here and throws their Oxycontin and Hydrocodone on our people like candy. It has ripped apart our communities. It's killed thousands upon thousands of people. But we do nothing. Because why? Because lobbyists from Big Pharma grease the pockets of our legislators and buy their protection. It's time for people to stand up and say, this has got to stop. You know, Big Pharma right now is talking about they're going to create a drug that's going to fight the opioid epidemic. You mean the opioid epidemic that they started? You know, I believe that we need to go ahead and legalize cannabis. You know, let's deschedule it. 
You know, let's decriminalize it. Get it out of the hands of big pharma. Let's allow our people to, to heal themselves that are struggling with these issues. We know that it has medical value. Yeah. So let's go ahead and use that. Have you? Do you use cannabis at all? Or do I, I, I don't. Yeah. But let me tell you something. I have a daughter that has scoliosis. Mm-hmm. She just had her second hip surgery from hip impingement syndrome. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'll fist fight to get her the first medical cannabis card in West Virginia because I want her to be able to be able to treat her, her pain versus taking Oxycontin and Hydrocodone, which have killed thousands of people. You have uh, one of your, uh, your pillars as you're pulling together of your campaign. You're still in sort of listening mode right yep. now. Uh, is about uh, big money in politics. Um, and you said if you get on stage at, the, at one of these Democratic debates, which uh, for listeners already, I said you, you want to hear this guy on, on stage, uh, you, you will be able to change the dynamic of the, of the race. And you said you will call out. Absolutely. Murder. What are you going to call them out? I, I will call people. First off, don't you sit here and say you're going to fight the opioid epidemic and you've taken money from Big Pharma. Yeah. Don't you sit and tell me that you're going to stand up to Big Energy when you've basically the number one you know, uh, 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 d- uh, Democrat, uh, which is Beta O'Rourke. You know, d- absolutely. You know, energy money. Look, I'm going to call these people out. Who took big pharma money that you're thinking of? Right oh, now? Booker. Uh, uh, who else was it? Uh, Gillibrand. Sherrod Brown. There's, there's, there's quite a few. Well, of they're them. all taking pharma. Money. That's right. They're taking big pharma. So don't sit here and act like you're going to come in and save, uh, you know, the, the our our citizens because you benefit from it. Would um, you you here in the Bay Area? You, you've been here for a couple of days. You've been you've been here a yeah. number of times. In fact, your number one place uh, geographically, you have more donors, or should I say, more money coming from, which was Palo Alto. That's right. Why, what's the connection there? Why? I, I think you, you went you went there to, to absolutely, money, absolutely. I, I think that they enjoyed what I had to say. You know, I I, I say what needs to be said, and I'm not scared to call people out. Mm-hmm. I think that you know people have to understand. You're not going to beat Donald Trump with a cookie-cutter politician. You've got to have somebody that's willing to get in there and fight. That's what I do. Yeah. So, you know, we can sit and we can continue pushing the same folks. And what's going to happen is, is you're going to see a lot of tears in November when that man wins. Yeah. I'm saying I will fight him where he stands. And, and I'm telling you right now, he, I don't think he wants to debate but you, me. But you voted for him uh, a couple of years ago. Tell me what happened. Why did you vote for him? Well, I, I voted for Donald Trump because, number one, you know, he come to West Virginia. The things that he was saying I was not happy with. Yeah. We know that. But he was the one that come down there to West Virginia and was talking about putting coal miners to work. Okay? First off, I supported Bernie Sanders. Bernie primary, Sanders yeah. won, it, won all 55 counties, and they robbed Bernie Sanders in West Virginia. So it become those two people. Okay? And, you know, at the end of the day, one person was saying that they were going to put people to work, and the other person was talking about job training with jobs that don't exist in West Virginia. What, explain, because Democrats always talk about job training. Why doesn't that work? Why wouldn't that work in a place like West Virginia? Well, the job training that they were talking about doing were not jobs that exist in West Virginia. Basically, we're going to train you, and then you can move to Kansas. Move, right. Relocate your family to Kansas, and then you can live. Go to Arizona there. and build. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you got people that own land in West Virginia. You know, right. that's they were they were raised there. Their families there. They don't want to leave. You also uh, are for single payer health care. Explain uh, why. Well, you know, I, I tried to push for a public option when I was running for Congress, but that was because it was you know 
me and 430 plus people to try to see what we could, you know, get done. But if you tell me that I'm the president of the United States and I get to, you know, decide what I want, I'm going to say Medicare for all. You know, and I and I think that, you know, Medicare, healthcare is something that every citizen deserves, just like a quality education is what every citizen deserves in this country. Mm-hmm. And I support it wholeheartedly. You uh, are sooner, uh, this may uh, air in January, uh, be posted on January, and you're going to be resigning from the state senate uh, around then, correct? Yes. And then, but you have one final bill that you're going to be pushing. Explain what it is. Well, the bill that I'm going to push is a bill that would require all lobbyists to wear body cameras. <laughs> I think that if lobbyists had to wear body cameras and then you, the citizen, could punch in your legislator, uh, your representative, and you can check out and watch the meetings that they have behind closed doors, we'll have a lot less uh, backdoor dealings going on. <laughs> this, this won't be a 24-7 body cam, will it? No, as long as that lobbyist is standing on the property uh, of the Capitol, the body camera must be on okay. at all times. It's like a shopping cart in the lot. Absolutely. Lobby. I want to do away with the whiskey, wine, and spirits gatherings that they have yeah. where they wine and dine people. We know that Alec wines and dines legislators and gives them uh, legislation to take back and push. That's, that's a lobbying, lobbying group. Explain that's what right. Alec is. It's, now, a lobbying group. it's a lobbying group that wines and dines legislators and then basically says, here's a bill. I want you to take it back and I want you to push it. It's not a bill that benefits our citizens ever. It's a bill that benefits big corporations is exactly what it is. And they do their stuff behind closed doors. And you have another idea for, uh, for uh, what in terms of public service, when people enter Absolutely. public service, when they're done in the House, uh, when they serve their time in the House, when they serve their time in the Senate, and then they leave office, what restrictions would you put on them? Well, my thing says is that I want to say that if you do your stint as a congressman, and this is only for people that run for Congress and, and the Senate, uh, and to include our president, I think that they need to take the same health care as everybody else, because if they did, we'd fix health care in this country. I think their kids should go to public schools, because if they did, we'd fix education in this country. But I also say that when you're done, you have a retirement of $130,000 a year with a cap where you can make upwards to 250000 And what that does is that will stop those guys from basically jumping over and becoming lobbyists. Because if you go become a lobbyist, the lobbyists can only pay you another hundred and twenty to take you to your two hundred fifty thousand dollar cap, and you can have a, uh, a, a total a net worth, net worth of one million dollars. Anything above that, donate to charity. Yeah. Staff sergeants in the United States military right now in Afghanistan, Syria, or Iraq that have two children qualify for food stamps. That's service. I'm tired of these people saying that they're going to serve the people, but in reality, they go up there and they're self-serving. Yeah. After two tours uh, terms, they're worth thirty million dollars. That's got to stop. So, in, in your congressional race, you, you won uh, 44% of the vote in a district where Hillary Clinton won 23%, uh, and where Trump won, what, 49%. Right. Um, what explains, at this point, two years in, Trump's base is still supportive, West Virginia is still largely supportive of him. Why is that? What still is his enduring appeal? Because those people want so bad to believe his rhetoric. You know, when he says, you know, about jobs, what what people don't realize is when Donald Trump talks about jobs, they're not jobs where you can raise a family. Right. You shut down a factory and, 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 and 3,000 people lose those factory jobs, you can't replace them with, with Dollar General and Wendy's jobs. 
you know, that's the problem. Is that that's what that's what they're given in return. Uh, but a lot of these people are just wanting so bad for him to save. You know, what's, their what's different about him though? Because every politician says, "Oh, I'm going to bring jobs." Blah blah blah. What's What's it about him that resonates in West Virginia? Well, he was the guy that come on board that uh, you know everybody respected the fact that you know he uh, he said what he wanted to say. Yeah. You know, of course, we know a lot of it was garbage. We now know that a lot of the promises that he made were absolute garbage. Yeah. But you know, there's some people out there that still hold on to the hope that. He's going to follow through. Is it? I mean, was people it people are waking up? You think they're waking up? What, I think people what, are waking up. What would move them at this point? Because uh, you know, here's a guy. He doesn't look like a, a guy. People from you know where I come from, West, Western Pennsylvania, West Virginia. I mean, this is a guy who was you know a uh, his, his father gave him everything. He was right. you know, silver spoon in his mouth. Right. Uh, he was a draft dodger. Right. People are what, starting. You know, people are starting to see that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people right now. A lot of people don't want to admit. That they were wrong, because once again they just can't stand the fact of saying that they were wrong. Right. But I think when you sit down with people one on one, most of them do admit that it's a train wreck. And at the same time, what's wrong with the Democratic Party? What is is it? Is this you know? Are, are you were not a fan of Nancy Pelosi? Who right. Might be or very likely going to be the next speaker. Yep. Um, at this at this point. Um, what's wrong with the party right now? The Democratic Party focuses more about money. That's what it is. That's what she it's, brags about. It's, about, it's, about. it's about who who has the most money. But guess what? That person, that's how come we've lost over a thousand Democratic seats across this country. Is because you're going with the Democrat that can raise the most money. You're not going with the Democrat that can go out there that's hungry, that'll knock on every door, that can relate to the people, that stands with the working class. So you allow the money candidate to drown out the good candidate. And then you have the money Democrat. And oh, by the way, the Republicans out fundraise the money Democrat three to one anyway. They get all the commercials on on uh, uh, you know will of fortune. But it comes down to in the end, neither one of them are somebody that people can really get behind. So therefore, a lot of people that's where you hear this. Well, I'm going to vote for who I believe is the best. And sadly, you know, we've lost a lot of ground. So there's going to be. What, 25, 30 people running for president? Yep. How do you, what is your strategy for getting your voice, getting gonna, your voice out there? I'm gonna Besides fight being my on, battle. it's all political. I'm going to fight my battle. Yeah. Nobody will, nobody, I will not be outworked. I will put boots on the ground everywhere. And when it comes time for these debates, make no mistake about it, I have no problems pointing people out. It is what it is. It'll be exciting. All right. Senator, thank you so much for being on It's All Political. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Wait, you, didn't get, you give me your like traditional out thing, what you do in your videos. Come oh, on. Sappers Clear the Way, Airborne All the Way, and VoteOjetta.com. <laughs> there we go. Airborne. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank you all for listening today. I'd like to thank State Senator Richard Ojeda for being on the podcast. I'd like to thank the King, King Kaufman, for producing today's podcast. And remember... Even if you're a Democrat who voted for Trump, or maybe especially if you're a Democrat who voted for Trump, it's all political. It's All Political is part of the San Francisco Chronicle podcast network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Garofoli. 
J-O-E-G-A-R-O-F-O-L-I. Or you can email me at jgarifoli at sfchronicle.com. Support, it's all political and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Thank you.